Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's podcast, I want to talk about being grounded, being present, uh, being in your body is probably a good term for us, is, is instead of being off in the future or off in the past, which many of us live in our heads with, how can you start to actually find the present moment, but in a way that actually works and isn't just some fluffy stuff? So let's dive into today's podcast. Okay, so let's dive into this podcast. Now, why has this topic come to the front of mind? I like to explain this because I think it gives some purpose, some context to what we're talking about. One of the challenges I see when working with coaching clients, you know, be it in a group or individually, you see the power of how smart they are and how brilliant dyslexic minds can be. But you also see the challenge of directing that power, that attention in the right direction is, is probably the best way to say it, is that you know, as, as I talk to more and more dyslexics, they feel they're stupid. They feel they're idiots. They feel they're dumb. They feel like they've got this horrible self challenge that's with them. And there's a lot of work to unpack that. Don't get me wrong. We're not going to be able to completely solve that one in this podcast. But I wanted to, I do want to touch on one of the biggest challenges is, is starting to direct that ability into the present moment or in a grounded way. And what I mean by that is, instead of something appearing in life at a certain moment, and your brain running off into the future, into the 458 different things that could go wrong, or thinking back to how painful something was, and I'll be honest, more likely than not, you'll visually see the future and less the past. The past is a lot less visual. I don't know about you, but for me it is. Uh, I'm much more clear on my stories of the future that my mind comes up with rather than the past, unless I'm really looking into the past for a specific reason. Um, and how do you actually start to, uh, you know, when one of these challenges appears, what do you do with it? And there's, there's, there's two parts to this. There are times where you just want to be present to be calm, and there are times you want to be present to be kind of a high performance person in a specific moment. Does that make sense? And when your head is running backwards and forwards, not only is it very, very tiring, not only does it kind of help sometimes, but half the time it doesn't because there's so much going on, you can't communicate very well. Uh, it can be, it can, it can keep bringing back this feeling of not being very smart or having uh, strong abilities to achieve things. It can be really scary sometimes even. And so I wanted to really dive into this a bit more today because I don't, I don't think a lot of, a lot of us think about it in this format. We're so busy running off to the next thing. We struggle to slow down long enough to even to look at it. And I think it's really important. So let's look at a few ways to become aware of it and clear of it and then what you can do about it.
Okay, so let's start with finding the present moment if you just want to have a bit of a quiet time with yourself. That sounds that sounds a bit dodgy, but you know what I mean. You want you want a bit of a break. Like our minds are always over revving. It's kind of like a car that's always idling super, super high, right? So, so intense. Even when we're tired, I don't know about you, but my mind is going at 3,000 paces a minute. Um, it's going, let's just say, super, super quick. Now, what can you do about that? What can you do when your head is just in that place? And I get asked this a lot, is how can I ever be present if I can't get out of the past and the future? Now, the first thing, and this, you know, to be honest, this came to me on a coaching call in, a, in the clearest way I've ever been able to say it. It was kind of like, it, I don't know where it came from. But you can be present even if you're stuck in your head in the future or the past. And I had this moment of awareness and reflection that I wanted to share because I thought it was so boom. It really made a real aha moment for me is that we think of the grounded present moment as as sitting on, you know, a rock in the middle of the forest, looking at the ocean through, you know, a lens where nothing else matters except that, except that moment. Now, from time to time, we all experience this and it is beautiful, but it can be very, very hard to force it unless you've got a remarkably great set of circumstances and it's challenging to do it for a longer period of time. Even in meditation, your mind runs off a thousand different directions all at the same time. But what I'd like to pose to you is when you can meditate and watch your thoughts now, meditation, people think you've got to be sitting down, listening to music. You can meditate in, in, in a moment. Like by closing your eyes is the easiest way, by taking out some of that external distraction. When you're meditating, you're becoming present. Even if your mind is running off into the future or past, as you are present and you're watching that happen, as your consciousness watches what is happening around you, that is you being completely present even if you've run off 10 years into the future into a dystopian world that you've created with cowboys indians and everything else you know you're still present you're not present in reality in the present moment of the physical world but you are present in your mind world and this was the moment i had is that i was like wow that is so true now, there are times when I'm in my mind world and I'm not present. My mind is just running off in a thousand directions. I'm along for the ride. I have no realization that it's just my mind overthinking stuff. I'm actually completely, you know, into it. Like, I think it's real. It's, then that's a whole nother podcast of those challenges. But the minute I'm meditating or the minute I've become consciously aware of what's happening and I'm watching it, and having a laugh about how far off my mind has gone and I'm just smiling. I'm, I'm happy because I'm watching my mind do its thing, which it's always going to do, but I'm present with what's happening. And that's like, to me, that's a real penny drop because in the past I always thought, hey, to me being grounded or the present moment was a real reality thing, being present in reality. When actually, I can be truly present in my thoughts. 
And yeah, that like that shift made a massive impact on me. Is that going, hey, I can stop beating myself up about not being present enough because actually the work I've been doing has allowed me to be present in my mind. And with dyslexia, because we're such visual, we have such a visual pre- uh, preference to thinking and learning, you know, a lot of the time we are in our minds. So if you can be present there, you're going to find a lot more time to be present in general. So that's super powerful. And it leads us on to the next part of this, which is how do you use that in day-to-day life? So let's look at that. Okay, so being present in the present moment and using that for day-to-day life is always something that is super valuable. And again, this is a very big topic and we'll be covering this in a few mini courses we're releasing in the near future. But I did want to touch on it because I think it's it's super important to look at ways you can get more present with people. And, you know, where does this really add value? As you can see, I'm asking myself that question. Asking yourself questions is a great way to be present because your brain has to answer them. <laughs> you know, so so this could this could be at work. Someone's talking to you or communicating with you. And you start seeing yourself run off into the future and you jump on that that roller coaster, that that um, that journey, and you're not really completely there, you're kind of half there, half in earth, you know, it's it's challenging, right? Has its moments. And so um, what are things you can do? One of the things I have really had a lot of luck with is is I believe we have a two-track mind. I, I do believe some people have a one-track mind. You know when people say you can multitask? Yeah, like I I think the way I visualize it at least is it's kind of like every human has one track of energy. So I want you to imagine like a stream of energy, just one, like it's a string that's lit up with the most beautiful energetic um, energy. (laughs) There's proof anyway, I could say it. And, and, you know, it's, it's lit up. Now, many average people have that one line and they go down that track. Occasionally they veer off, but there's a track. For dyslexics, those with ADHD, people that are on that, whatever you want to call it, a spectrum or that area, we've got two tracks that are floating there that we can run. So we've got more, in my opinion, bandwidth to work from, but we still only have one flow of energy. So what can happen is that flow of energy can jot back and forth. Um, so, you know, you, it can be running along one track, then for whatever reason, it's like it jumps the tracks to the other track and then it jumps back and it jumps back and it jumps back. So we're kind of going back and forth between these two tracks of energy. And, you know, to some people on the external world, it looks like multitasking, um, or people call it multitasking. I like to call it, um, dual lineal tasking because we can't put our attention on two things at once that doesn't exist if you think that then i think you're using a different terminology for what i'm talking about where you can do one thing and then instantly you switch to something else and you do that with very little lag you know there's very little need for um like a reboot between things it can be very quick so to the outside eye, it looks like you're doing two things at once, but actually you're just doing one thing really well at once and then jumping to something with very little reboot time and then jumping back again. 
And so it looks a bit weird from the outset sometimes. Like I, I notice this when I'm doing housework around the house. I can be straightening the bed, then I do some washing, then I do something else, then I do something else. Now these things, and I'm not multitasking at all. What's happening is my energy is jumping from each of these frames back and forth, you know, if that makes any sense. Um, so how does this apply to anything I'm talking about today? <laughs> Some of you may be going, sheesh, that's an interesting thought. Um, but how does it apply? So one of the things I do to stay present is I'm getting really good at using fidget spinners and fidgeting tools. You know, I used to be the guy who clicked a pen, tapped my foot. And this is quite a quite an ADHD side of dyslexia. And just remember, there is a very common trait between the two of them. They're kind of just different representations of the same thing in different ways. And that's my personal belief uh, and what I've read. And so what I would recommend is if you want to be present in a moment, so say you're working on something, get something you can fidget with. It doesn't have to be loud. You know, I, I remember I was listening to Holly talk about a friend of hers who kept losing his wedding ring. And this wedding ring was really expensive and lost it about three times, had to replace it. A real common trait sometimes. And what the uh, wife did is went and bought a $10 ring that was like a fidget spinner ring. So the ring could turn on an axle kind of thing. So you could, you could be turning it on and off, but it stayed on your finger. He never lost that ring. He loved it. You know, it just kept he just kept fidgeting with it because it was it was something he could play with in meetings and and you know he he lost thousand dollar rings but he never lost this fidget spinner ring. I actually think they should probably create these at jewelers so someone get onto that quickly. I will buy one. Um, but it's it's really cool. You know, you're moving this around. So what happens there is you're actually saying you're saying to your brain, one of my tracks at the moment is fidgeting with this ring. The other track is what I'm doing. So what's going to happen in that track is you've only got two tracks to play with, in my opinion, again, um, or two strong tracks where your energy rolls. So you're basically saying, hey, one of the tracks I'm consciously choosing to be this fidgeting thing, and the other track is what I'm doing in reality. Now, I find that valuable to me, and hopefully like you can try it. You don't have to go and buy a ring that you fidget with. It could be, oh, there's a bunch of things. I'm sure like I should start a fidget shop. You know, it'd be a great idea, or someone should. I'm sure there are millions out there. But, you know, get something that you can play with, and it can take one of the tracks of your mind. Because trust yourself, you know, your head is really smart. The issue you have is keeping its attention on what you should be doing, because it's trying to do two things at once. Um, or, or run down two different paths is the better phrase. So that's what I wanted to share. It's just a simple one. I don't want to overload you with too many things. There's a lot of deep ahas in this episode. You can see I've broken it up with a bit of music just because there are so many. Um, so you may want to listen to this one again. But these are just some thoughts that have been running through my head. Real ahas. And I love sharing them with you awesome human beings. Um, have an epic rest of your day. And I'll be back next week. <laughs>